Michael Swickert here. Welcome to Enchanting People of New Mexico. We're sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili is brought to you from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, which you may know, and it is, the chili capital of the world. Hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. Every Monday and Friday, we have regular historical and, and agricultural podcasts. And on Wednesdays, which is today, we celebrate people who are important or were important to our area. Normally on Wednesdays, we talk about one person, but I want to talk about thousands of people who work together to make our area better. And I will note many people who operate this benefit for us today and in years to come. There is something that we love in this area that you'll hear people say, my grandfather worked on that, or maybe my great-grandfather worked on that. Well, let me tell you what it is. Last week we were talking about Dr. Fabian Garcia. I said that his contribution in plant research was enhanced by the large amount of water that was available to commercial farmers when Elephant Butte Dam was constructed. The large fields of plants and trees that make up the agricultural crops of pecans, chili, onions, cotton, and other crops, they're only here because there was and is enough water to support commercial crops. That is the blessing that Elephant Butte Dam brought. But like most of our benefits, it didn't happen by accident. Now, I have several books about the construction of Elephant Butte Dam, even have a screenplay called Hero's Choice, which is fiction, not a documentary. But I must commend the writing of Sherry Fletcher and Cindy Carpenter on a book, Images of America, Elephant Butte Dam. I get lost in the wonderful pictures and descriptions and have liked this book for quite a while. I highly recommend this book. While the dam has been in operation over a hundred years, we should view its construction in several phases over a bunch of years, rather than that just one day people said, let there be the world's largest dam and poof, there it was. Nothing of the kind. It represents an incredible amount of work done by thousands of engineers, workers, and others so that one day the entire complicated Elephant Butte Dam project was completely finished, though that was decades later from when it started. Again, think of phases. In the 1880s, there was quite a bit of a dialogue about how much a flood control and irrigation water dam was needed on the Rio Grande in southern New Mexico. The Rio Grande is the fourth largest river in North America, running about 1,900 miles from the San Juan Mountains in southwestern Colorado to the Gulf of Mexico. It provides irrigation water to Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, and several states in Mexico. And there's a treaty that divides the water between the entities. Not in order of importance, though, let me mention the benefit of Elephant Butte Dam. First, of course, the water. The people in towns and certainly all crops, especially commercial field crops, need lots and lots of water. Second, flood control. Since before the dam, the floodwaters came in a rush and were at times quite devastating. 
Third, recreation. Since the lake is a wonderful boating area, and speaking of recreation, fourth, fishing, which is due partly to the fact that they built a fish hatchery in the 1930s. And lastly, fifth, electricity, when there's enough water, when that electric, uh, hydroelectric was built in the 1930s. And, uh, well, sixth, also silt control for the dirt that you find in the floods that come every so often. The absolutely hardest part was the start, which used lots of paper for applications and reports before the dam could be sited where it is and construction could start. The Rio Grande project, which informally started in the 1890s, was truly started in 1906 after a lot of legal maneuverings. I could talk for hours about the intrigue and political actions that were going on to build the dam. If that's your fancy, there are several good books, including the Fletcher and Carpenter book, which again, I highly recommend. First, they had to select where to put the dam. Initially, it was set to exactly where it is right now. Then there was a push to build it internationally at uh, El Paso and Juarez with the actual dam, the concrete dam, in the area of the former Asarco plant. That would have flooded many, many miles of southern Doñana County instead of that being rich farmland. Ultimately, after a lot of politics, court cases, the site chosen was right where it is now. Initially, it was called Engel Dam, and later politicians named it the Woodrow Wilson Dam. But then over the years, it became and is, as we know it, Elephant Butte Dam. The first thing that had to be done was to construct a bypass for the Rio Grande water so that they could actually do the concrete work on the 300-foot-tall by 1674-foot-wide concrete dam, which at the time of construction was the world's largest man-made irrigation dam. They used about, now this is a big figure, 620,000 cubic yards of concrete building it. So when you look at it, that is a lot of concrete. But remember, this was in phases. So first in 1911, the Rio Grande had to be diverted around the project while they sealed the bottom and started putting the concrete in it. At the peak of construction, there was more than 3,500 people working. And phase one was officially completed with a lot of politicians giving speeches in 1917. After the concrete got high enough in 1915, the dam started holding the water, which at the top, it's about 2 million acre feet of water. Uh, that was phase one, with the dam holding and releasing water directly back into the Rio Grande, though there were smaller water control dams being built, such as the Percha Dam, built in 1917, to spread the water out into the area where it was going to be used agriculturally. After lots of planning and, again, political actions, in the 1930s, then, they had to modify the dam for electrification so that water could, be flown, uh, could flow through it for the hydroelectric plant. And uh, they also constructed, at that point, Caballo Dam, which is 25 miles downstream, which meant that the water not needed for irrigation 
The water could still be discharged through the hydroelectric power plant as it generates 28 megawatts of electricity, but they weren't going to lose it into the Rio Grande River because it was being held at Caballo Dam until the water needed to be used for agricultural purposes. And that there is a boating and fishing benefit at Caballo Dam. I have certainly gone and done that. Now, during that time, from the dam being completed in 1917 to when Caballo Dam, an earthen dam, was completed in 1938, there was a major project to build the irrigation systems so that farmers could use the water effectively and efficiently. All through that time, the small areas that you see water flowing as you drive around the area, they had to be constructed and they had to be leveled so that the water went where people needed it to go. Most of the water that was and is stored at Elephant Butte is from the winter snowpacks in Colorado and northern New Mexico, though there is uh, a number of, uh, or some of the water from summer rains. One value of the dam, as I was saying a little earlier, is it caught the sediment from the river when you have a big rain flood and it washed a lot of dirt. It it caught that, which was good. The final cost of the first phase of the dam was about $154 million of today's dollars. I don't have a number for the work in the 1930s to add Caballo Dam and the hydroelectric works, along with a lot of work to build area roads and tourist facilities. If you look closely, if you're up in the dam site area and you see the letter CCC, that are stenciled onto some concrete. That was the Civilian Conservation Corps, a 1930s work relief program that put millions of young men to work. It was a nine-year program that ended at the start of the Second World War. And around these Elephant Butte Dam facilities, you'll see that CCC stamped on the concrete. It had one other unintended consequence that most people don't think about. Most of the unemployed men at that time in the Great Depression were in the eastern part of the United States, and most of the work camps were in the West. Over a number of years, as I've interviewed people in the 1970s and 80s, I had many people tell me they came to New Mexico to work for the CCC, fell in love with our state, and decided to live here the rest of their lives. Others told me that they went back somewhere east and when they got back there, they realized they would only be happy in New Mexico. Not a few of them mentioned, besides blue skies and friendly people, they really missed, are you ready for this, the absolute enjoyment of chili on their food, which wasn't available back east. Now, I know that feeling since in 1987, I moved to Ventura, California for a job, and at the time, there was no place to get any hatch green chili. So I came home to the good blue skies and green chili in 1989. I only lasted two years out there, and I needed some good green chili. At this time of celebrating the construction of Elephant Butte Dam and the value of having abundant amounts of water for agriculture, plus we share the total water by treaty with Texas and Mexico, uh, but getting the water from the dam to the fields and even homes, again, does not happen by accident. There are many people who tend to the water channels in our area, above and below our area. 
we should give thanks to them whom we rarely see and know little about other than the water gets to where it needs to be. One of these days, I'm going to spotlight Gary Esslinger, the manager of the Elephant Butte Irrigation District, who for 34 years, and he's had about 80 employees and has worked diligently at getting the water where it needs to go. I'll, I'll do a, a, one of these spotlights on Gary one of these days. Speaking of using water in the Elephant Butte Irrigation District, in August at the Fresh Chili Company, the sponsor of these podcasts, there will be the 2023 Big Jim Hatch Green Chili available in a jar. I'm really waiting for this. I'm going to enjoy this. It's a special reserve release of the Hatch Green Chili Veritol Big Jim in a 16-ounce jar. Veritol means that the product will only be made with Big Jim Chili, which is sweet and has a medium heat level. That's what I like is medium heat. Big Jim is very popular in New Mexico restaurants and homes. It's very popular with me. The harvest of the Big Jim crop is anticipated to be Oh, somewhere in the middle of August 2023, with the first products available a few weeks later. Customers can pre-order this product now at the Fresh Chili Company. They can go to the website freshchilico.com. And so this is uh, Michael Swickert here, the Enchanting People of New Mexico for a Wednesday. These podcasts are sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company of New Mexico. You can hit subscribe to get them. Every Monday and Friday, we do regular historical and agricultural podcasts. And Wednesdays, like today, we celebrate somebody or lots of somebodies who are very important to us. Thank you for your time today. We'll always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico for you on these podcasts. If you have something you would like me to talk about historically or agriculturally, uh, you can write to Michael at FreshChilico.com. That's Michael at FreshChilico.com. The same is true if there's somebody you would like me to talk about who is important or was important to our little slice of paradise. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, yes, and eat plenty of that good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili is good, more is better. Bye for now.